If you need one, just keep your hand raised and they'll get them to you. That's all I can tell you. All right, so uh, he's getting them. Uh, he's getting them copied, I think. 30 days of praise. And so we talked about day one through day seven, and the list is God and family, friends, home, self, nature, prayer. But there's more that we can talk about. We can repeat the cycle and go back over it again and again. So here we are. We're going to be on day eight, God, again. And this time it's saying dwell on God being sovereign over all things. Dwell on God being sovereign. What does that mean, sovereign? What does sovereign mean? Anybody know? Anybody can tell me what sovereign means? Going once, going twice? Independent? It's, it's independent, but maybe even more than that. Erica? Yeah, so you have the word reign in there. And uh, sovereign is, is you're, 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 you aren't just independent. You are the king. You are the boss. And dwell on the fact that God uh, is sovereign over all things. Uh, earlier uh, this week on Sunday night, I answered Delmer's question in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 4. Uh, the Lord hath made all things for himself, even the wicked for the day of evil. God didn't make the wicked wicked, but God has determined that the wicked will still have a purpose, and it will be his purpose. It will be for his glory. Why? Because God is sovereign over all things. That's why we can take without any hesitation or doubt Romans 8:28 which says we know all things work together for good how do we know that because we have a God who is sovereign nobody else can promise that you might love your child and you might mean every intention when you say to your child I will never let anyone hurt you but the truth is you can't keep that promise but God can say it to you and he can keep it when God tells you he'll never leave you or forsake you he's not lying that's not a human promise. That's a God promise. And so let's understand the importance of God's sovereignty because that is something huge. And only a Christian can really appreciate that. John chapter number 19. John chapter 19 and verse number 10. Then spake Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? And listen what Jesus said. Jesus answered, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivereth me unto thee hath the greater sin. And from thenceforth Pilate sought to release him. Notice what Jesus told Pilate. I know you think you have power, but the truth is you wouldn't have anything and you wouldn't be able to do anything to me if it wasn't God from above giving me to you, to giving you the power. And so praise God for his sovereignty. So dwell on God being sovereign over all things, praising God for the sovereignty of God, the fact that he is in charge. Yesterday was an election. It was a vote. There was votes all over the country. I don't think South Dakota had a whole lot going on, but all over the country there were elections. You know that Ohio voted to put abortion rights in their constitution yesterday? Other states and other places voted to do stupid things and voted to reelect the worst possible choice. Hardly any good news came from yesterday in America. As far as I know, I even asked. I put it on social media. Anybody know of anything good that happened yesterday? But you know what? My God's still God. My God is still king. He's still in charge. Nothing's changed. God's still on the throne. My God is sovereign. And as a Christian, I know all things 
work together for good. Not just most things, not just sometimes, but all the time. Why? Because my God is sovereign. So I can give thanks and praise God for his goodness. And so it doesn't matter what news you hear tonight or tomorrow or next week. It doesn't matter what goes wrong, quote unquote wrong. Does anything go wrong if God's in charge? Not really. Because he has made all things for himself, even the wicked for the day of evil. It doesn't matter what's going on. Nothing, nothing really is going wrong. God's still in charge. I uh, just got done reading the book of Job. God's in charge. And then day nine. Day nine, family. What is special? What's a special family tradition that you cherish? Uh, maybe you can think of different things. I mentioned it last week, but I'll mention it again uh, tonight. We always have a just kind of a habit of getting together in the evenings and praying before we go to bed. Bible says in Psalm 55, 17, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. And uh, the Old Testament teaches us that the day actually starts in the evening and so it's actually good before you go to bed to pray together. You're actually starting the day off correctly when you meet together in prayer. I think about Daniel in chapter 6 when Daniel uh, was threatened by the new rule, getting thrown in the lion's den and it says, they couldn't find any fault against Daniel except between him and his God. And so when he read the law, he went to his room like normal, opened up the windows and prayed and uh, gave thanks to God as usual. That's a, that's a family tradition, praying together. I don't know what yours might be, but, you know, to think about family and about the special traditions that you might have. Then day 10, day 10, friends. Again, we talked about friends before, but go with me to Proverbs chapter number 15 proverbs chapter 15 friends you know it's a blessing to have friends and god designed church and you know why he designed church so that you could have friends you might have friends that you work with and you might have friends that you're acquainted with in other ways but i i really believe your best friend should be the friends that you are acquainted with through the word of god I can't imagine having a stronger friendship with someone who is not also on the same page as God. Biblically, that is not a good idea. And Proverbs chapter number 15, Proverbs chapter 15, the Bible warns much about the wrong kind of friend, and, uh, and yet there are good friends that we can give thanks for. And this one says, what friend makes you laugh the hardest? Tell them. And uh, I suppose there are some goofy friends out there that really just give you, uh, they just really give you a good time and you enjoy them. And it's good to tell them that, that they're, they're a pleasure to you, but obviously there might not be the best friend. The best friend might be one that iron sharpens iron. But in this case, it gives that one. So I'm going to go with it. Proverbs 15 and verse 13, it says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. If you're always negative and pessimistic, you're probably not going to have a lot of friends. Because people like to be around someone who has a cheerful countenance. And then verse 15 says, All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. People enjoy being around someone who who is just full of joy and, and, and happiness. And then Proverbs 17 and verse 22, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones and so i appreciate good humor and i appreciate being around folks uh that are jolly and and we, we get a blessing from them i'm sure you can think of someone like that day 11 home what holiday what holiday do you look forward to celebrating in your home i hope halloween isn't the one you wrote down i don't even think it's a holiday it's certainly in a holy day i don't know what ho- holiday you might think is special but 
I enjoy Thanksgiving. Two weeks from tonight, we'll have our Thanksgiving Eve service, as we always do. And then the next day, we'll get together with family and friends, and we'll eat more food than we probably should. And already, my wife's going around and saying, what kind of pie do you like? And Dallas put in his order for an apple pie. I'm so thankful Dallas did. See, that's, that's Thanksgiving right there. Dallas asked for apple pie. We're getting apple pie. Somebody else asked for probably a grasshopper. Oh, man. Homemade grasshopper pie. I'm not talking about real grasshoppers, but if you've ever been to Alpine, you know what I'm talking about. But, you know, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays because it's probably one of the most godly. As I said last week, it's the it's the one that points to, as I said last week, it's something atheists can't really do. Who do you give thanks to? You know, each other, that's boring. That's That's meaningless compared to giving thanks to God, what the real purpose of Thanksgiving is. And so what holiday do you look forward to celebrating? And I would say Christmas after that. It's like after Thanksgiving, boom, it's just Christmas season for a month. And uh, so praise God for the opportunity. And again, notice the word holiday really is holy day. And um, you know what's sad is so many people think holiday is just a time off. As if, as if it's about worshiping me. It's about worshiping self. That's, that's, you know, the government didn't invent holidays. Uh, they've invented in some sense, but the government didn't invent the original holidays. The original holidays were biblical. You know, I mean, the resurrection of Christ, that's a biblical thing. The birth of Christ, giving thanks to God for what he did for our country, the birth of our country, things like that. Uh, we need to recognize the holy day in the holiday and give thanks to God for it. <clears throat> and then day 12, self now, how do you give thanks for yourself? Well, thank God for the strength he gives you. Thank God for what he's done. You know, when you have a physical malady, when you have an illness, when you have a handicap, someone was telling me tonight, my knee, I can't get my knee to bend all the way. Uh, it's amazing how many times we use our knee, we use our body, we use our joints, and we don't give thanks during those times because they just work right. But all of a sudden, it doesn't work right anymore. And, you know, all of a sudden, it's like, oh. And now we're praying that God will just help it to work right. And then we're thinking, thinking to ourselves, and God, I have to stop and realize all the times I didn't give thanks for when it did work right and when I could run or do this or that. But, you know, the strength that he gives us. And as you get older, that strength becomes more precious. There's a little lady sitting in here tonight. I'm so glad she's here. We missed her on Wednesday night. She drove that great big red truck and got here. But you know what? She's getting her strength back. What a blessing. I mean, some of some of the youngins in here are like, big deal. She walked into church. Wait till you're 90 years old. It's a big deal. It's a big deal to be able to climb in and out of a pickup and walk into church. And the strength. Now look with me in Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. So I don't wish any handicap on anybody, but if you'll have a humbling experience that gets you to say thank you for the simplest things, that's a good thing. All the things we take for granted in our younger years and, and you realize, wow, I need to thank God for the strength to even do that. Daniel chapter 2 it's a story of King Nebuchadnezzar, and he's got this dream, and it's it's the goofiest thing. He can't even figure it out. And uh, and so he's mad at his magicians because they don't know what they're talking about. 
And then in verse 14 of Daniel chapter 2, it says, Then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. Daniel says to Arioch, the king's captain, verse 15, Why is the decree so hasty from the king? Why does he want to kill us all? Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel. The king's had a dream. Nobody can interpret it. So off with your head. Verse 16, Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So he goes to his friends and said, we've got to pray. I just asked the king for some more time so I could interpret the dream, and now we've got to pray. Verse 19, God answered their prayer. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Verse 20, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and light dwelleth with him. And then verse 23, here it is. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers who has given me wisdom and might and has made known unto me now what he desired of thee for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter you ever give God the praise for your wisdom and your might or do you give yourself the praise I totally disagree with the president who said if you have you know if you got anything good the government did that. The government did that for you. You didn't do that. You didn't build that. The government built that, whatever it might be. That's because that president thinks the government is God. And, of course, a lot of a lot of us independent guys, you know, we're, wow, that's wrong, that's wrong. And it is wrong. But right is not we did that. Right is God did that. As I just said earlier about your health, where'd you get your health at? Where'd you get your ability to do anything? God did that. And when we're strong and we're, and we're healthy, we don't think about the fact that God did that. We think, we think like we did that. And Daniel, in his humility, never called himself the wise man. Others called him wise. But he said, thou hast given me wisdom and might. Thou hast given me the ability to think and have wisdom and the ability to act and have might. Thank God for the strength that he gives you. Thank God for the wisdom that he provided for you. And as we get older, and I'm a long ways from from 90, but as we get older, I'm starting to realize, boy, I tell you what, pretty soon I'm going to stop being so cocky and self-sufficient and arrogant and... uh, just assuming that I can do anything and all of a sudden I'm going to realize how much I've taken for granted and I want to learn that lesson early rather than later and start just giving God praise for what he's able given us the ability to do and then day number 13 nature praise God for the beauty of creation psalm 8 psalm 8 Psalm 8. 
this is I think a lot of that song how great thou art comes from here and I, I love this chapter I mentioned it last week I want to read it tonight Psalm 8 praise God for the beauty of creation and by the way it's been a beautiful fall we were back in we were back in the New England area in Pennsylvania Pennsylvania Maryland West Virginia Virginia and everybody said you guys hit it just right and I mean the colors were awesome and the leaves were still on the trees and the weather was perfect and it was just beautiful and we really had a, a good season and a good time to have been there Psalm 8 says in verse 1 O Lord our Lord how excellent is thy name in all the earth who hath set thy glory above the heavens out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger <clears throat> Here it is, when I consider thy heavens, and by the way, you and I, speaking of back east, you and I have a great advantage because we're a lot closer to heaven than they are, in more ways than one. And when the stars come out at night, they just pop out here compared to back east. And and when you if you if it's a nice evening and it's blackout, but the full moon and the stars are just glistening. When I consider thy heavens, imagine David looking up at the stars right now. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordered. David did not go to a public school. He actually believed God made it. And David looked up at the sky and said, when I consider what you made with your fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, you set them in orbit and perfect rhyme and reason and rhythm what is man that thou art mindful of him man that is a question we got two dvds in our library one's called the cosmos and the other one's called the fourth day alliance both of fourth day meaning he made the stars also on day four the planets you watch those two dvds check them out watch them they're awesome and they show the vastness of outer space and the universe the word universe means single, uni, and verse is sentence. Single sentence. Just he spoke it and it was into existence. That's the universe. And yet the universe is so huge that there are galaxies we don't even know about. We're in the Milky Way galaxy, but there are, there are thousands, millions of galaxies and stars. And there's this, there's this one star out there, I think it's called Betelgeuse. It's easy to remember. It's huge compared to our sun. It's huge. It makes our sun look like a dot. And of course, our sun makes our earth look like a dot. And you realize you're just a tiny little blue, tiny little speck in this huge thing called Milky Way. And the Milky Way is just a little speck in this huge thing called universe. And you watch those DVDs and they show you this and and, and they praise God with it all. And it's amazing. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And not only that, but all of man, all of us together, all of us in this room and every other Christian on planet earth that prayed today, he heard us all at the same time. And we're just a little blue, tiny speck. Someone said, do you think there's an intelligent life out there? Someone else said, are you kidding? I'm not sure there's an intelligent life here. It's a joke, but you have to wonder, it's a huge universe. The point is, God made us 
As far as we know, we're it. What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? Verse 5, for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, human beings, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Even though he were lower than the angels, you're given us the ability to be crowned with glory and honor above the angels. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, and the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. God did all that and gave man dominion over creation. Animal rights stop where man's rights start. Man is supposed to take dominion over animal rights, animals, and have dominion over them and to be over them and controlling them. And then it even mentions the paths of the sea. There was a man, I I think his name was Moray, if I remember right. His last name was Moray. And years and years ago, Mr. Moray was very much into oceanography, studying the oceans and the seas. And he was a part of, I believe, the American naval system. And to make a long story short, Mr. Moray went to Sunday school when he was a boy, and when he was contemplating the oceans and the sailing passages, he remembered Psalm 8 and verse 8 when it talks about the paths of the seas, and he thought to himself, I wonder, is that true? And sure enough, he found out that the that the sea creatures have paths in the in the Atlantic Ocean that they went through. And if the ships would find those paths, they would be on currents that would take them much faster and, and go across the ocean much in a much greater speed. And because Mr. Moray discovered this, they they named it after him. You can look it up and read more about it. I didn't bring it with me, but the paths of the sea. See, before Mr. Moray was ever born, thousands of years before, David said, there's paths in the seas and God made them. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent <clears throat> is thy name in all the earth. I have no idea what atheists do when they walk around looking at creation. You know, I don't know what they do. I don't know if they think about anything or, you know, we're all just lucky or I mean, what? But praise God for the beauty of creation. Then number 14, day 14, prayer. We'll end with this one, Psalm 138. Psalm 138. It says, just just pray the whole chapter. Just just read through it and just meditate on it one verse at a time. It's, another, it's eight verses long, just like Psalm 8 was. <clears throat> And, and just pray each verse or each phrase. Psalm 138, verse 1. I will praise thee with my whole heart. I will praise thee with my whole heart. I'll, I'll not get sidetracked. I'll turn off the phone. I'll leave it somewhere else. And I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing praise unto thee. Everybody has a tendency to have gods. You say, not me. Oh, we all have things that get our attention and we start to worship if we're not careful. Before the gods, I will sing praise unto thee. Verse 2, I will worship toward thy holy temple. I mentioned Daniel earlier opening those windows. That's exactly what they were supposed to do was to pray towards Jerusalem. Second uh, Chronicles 7, uh, Solomon talked about that, about if they're ever exiled, that they're to pray towards his holy temple at that time was in Jerusalem. It's not there now. 
I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. I'm gonna now where's his temple now? It's in heaven. And of course we are the temple of God as well, to praise him and to worship him for his loving kindness is truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Pastor Matt makes a big deal about the Bible. You know why? Because God makes a big deal about the Bible. He said, Bennett, I magnify my word above my name. Now, how, how many of you would use God's name in vain? Would you curse God? GD, OMG. Using God's name in vain is also just being hypocritical with God, you know, saying things about God or being hypocritical without swearing and yet still using his name in vain. And yet it says here, you've magnified your word above your name. The word of God is magnified above even the name of God. The magnifying glass on his word, his word is awesome. I love talking about the Bible because without it, we have nothing. We are nothing. Verse 3, in the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengtheneth me with strength in my soul. Okay, so can anybody here, I'm not going to ask you literally to do this, but can anybody in here stand up right now and say, there was a time when I was begging God to just do a miracle. And he did. He said, Pastor, I can say it right now. Save it for two weeks from tonight. Or then come back next Sunday and share it with us. But God, I need a miracle, and you're crying out to him. In the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. Remember that phrase in the inner man? We're praying for each other to have strength in the inner man. You you bolstered me and you lifted me up when I was discouraged and defeated. And I cried and I was broken and I was, I, I just, I didn't think I could go on. And now here I am. Boy, they just stop and praise God for that. Verse 4. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. You know why a lot of rulers don't think God's important? They haven't heard him speak yet, but they're going to. The Bible says every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every one will stand before God. There's going to be a great white throne judgment, and even the unsaved are going to bow before God. There's not one person that isn't going to meet their maker. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter how rich and filthy rich and powerful they seem to be. They're going to stand before God like little scurvy mice. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord. He's made even the wicked for the day. They'll even serve to praise him when they hear the words of thy mouth. Verse 5, Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord. For great is the glory of the Lord. People don't think that today, but he is awesome and he's still just as great as he ever was. He is worthy and he is deserving of all the glory. And one day everyone will recognize it. I hope you and I are recognizing it right now. Though the Lord be high, listen to this. It's, it's lifted him up. It's talked about how great and how awesome he is. And his glory is magnificent. And yet then it says this. Listen to this. 
Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly. This is like what David said in Psalm 8. What is man that thou art mindful of him? You are so awesome. You, you, you are just way, way above. And yet you have respect to the lowly. You, you are, you're able to stoop down and, and help the lowly. But the proud he knoweth afar off. God resisteth the proud but gives grace to the humble. Boy, what encouragement that is when you don't think anybody else will listen. You can still get God to listen if you're humble. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Praise God for that. And then verse 7, Though I walk in the midst of trouble. Anybody here walking in the midst of trouble? Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies. Got enemies that are mad at you? God will stick out his hand and block it. And thy right hand shall save me. Though I walk in the midst of trouble. I really don't have a whole lot to speak of, but my little trouble, I remember my knees were knocking, my heart was trembling. And I really felt like I was in big trouble. And God reached down his hand and blocked it. Verse 8, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Perfect is that idea of complete. That's like that verse I like in Philippians 1 that says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Thou wilt perfect that which concerneth me. What God starts, he'll finish. He'll perfect. First John 3 says, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I like to joke about how the, you, know, you look at Mr. Spear and you say, God, what in the world were you doing there? Well, trust me, he'll perfect that which he started. And, and there's times when we get discouraged because it seemed like things were a good idea or it seemed like God was involved and now all of a sudden he's not seeming to be there. God will perfect that which concerneth me. He will complete it. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. You started something. Please continue it. Forsake not the work of thine own hands. Labor is not in vain in the Lord. You can think about people, names, and it seems like it's a waste of time or it seems like it's gone to naught and and that's a way you can pray forsake not the work of thine own hands you started a good thing and it seemed like it's stopped now and they've kind of gone backwards and forsake not the work of thine hands it seemed like all is vain but it's not in vain forsake not the work of thy hands sometimes God likes to let it go into what looks like nothing so that when it gets revived he gets the glory for it forsake not the work of thine own hands Praise God for one of those many chapters in Psalms that we can pray. And so a lot of your Psalms, you can just pray them. You can just read them and, and then pray them personally in your, own, in your own life, in your own way. I'm going to stop there tonight. If you have a testimony, you're welcome to share it. Anybody thought of something you really would like to share that God's done maybe in the last day or two or a week or month? Going once. Don't have to wait for two weeks going twice
little things are encouragement. Amen. Amen. Anything else? I know some of you are dealing with health issues and you're getting better. Praise the Lord for that. All right, if there's nothing else, we're going to close in prayer. Anything else? Don't forget two weeks from tonight, we're going to count our blessings. So don't forget to come ready to share. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for opportunity to go through these days of praise and to think about ways in which we each day can be giving thanks and reminding ourselves and remembering family and friends and strength and and, and and miracles and answers to prayer and the fact that you're you're in charge you're sovereign help us to walk with you and in your light and to be a praise to you and a witness to others we ask in Jesus name amen